Hey, welcome to FQ, where we talk about faith, family, and friends. I'm Jacob. And I'm George. And welcome to this week's podcast. Hey guys, welcome to this podcast. It is December 2nd, 2020, and it's me and George, and we have a special guest this week. It's Josh. I don't want to slaughter your last name. Go ahead. (laughs) And you can introduce yourself. Yeah, it's Josh Andrews. Are you guys able to hear me okay? Yes. Yeah. Awesome. Can you hear both of us? I can, I can hear you. You're coming in loud and clear. <laughs> okay, great. So, Josh, uh, tell us a little bit about yourself, uh, what what you do, where you come from, that kind of thing. Well, you know, I'm kind of keeping it in the framework of the F-Cube because I love the name of your guys' show, by the way. <laughs> so, um, starting with the family, um, Ah, uh, it's interesting because I'd almost rather like to start with the faith. <laughs> you know, I, uh, I just believe that everything works out if you put God first and then you have like the family that he gives us as gifts. And then from there, you know, we move outwards for our friends. And so I, I was blessed to grow up in a house that believed in God. I don't know that it was, wasn't fraught with a lot of problems, but, um, uh, it, you know, it taught me a lot to, to kind of basically everywhere from when I was a little kid praying for when I couldn't find my socks, you know, just small miracles that you get to <laughs> for, for a loving heavenly father. Right. Um, all the way to where, you know, um, today believing truly that, you know, we have kids that are given to us so that we can help them to grow up, to be, you know, followers of the Lord and be able to give back to yeah. be able to fight in the world. This is a, a fun month. I'm glad we held over until my favorite month of the year because you can almost feel, man, it's almost, it is tangible. You can feel when people start focusing on the savior. And, um, and that leads me to believe that, uh, that every person we, we come across is we have almost soul's contract to shine our light on them. Or like Paul says, to give them a reason for the hope that's within us. So, um, you know, I didn't get too specific, but I have three kids of my own and, um, and I am extremely excited when I uh, get to go out, out and have activities with them. I know the world looks a little bit different today. Yeah. Uh, but I think that's also important for us to understand that when there's adversity and there's challenges, that means that we're also on the right path as well. So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I mean, for me, one of the reasons that I started writing my book series was because I think, I, I don't think I know the biggest concern today is, is that we put uh, interestingly enough, the word devices in our kids' hands before they're even uh, old enough to wean off of, of uh, breast milk. Like this is this is something that, <laughs> yep. mom, you know, like like they'll go to their first pediatrician's office and they'll be already looking at a device. Um, and so that's near and dear to me because uh, my own kids have struggled with it, and and at the far extremes. Uh, there wasn't, you know, two parents on the same page. And so, you know, they, they got violent even with it. And so I, I took a lot of that energy and, and I was just talking to Jacob before the show. And I believe that everything that we have as an adversity, um, all of our trials can become triumphs. And so, um, from the mess, we become messengers of the message. Right. So, uh, I started writing my first book, uh, was about a hike, a local hike to San Diego. (laughs) <laughs> and uh, 
and that was really for the purpose of parents reading to their kids. Yeah. Uh, and maybe even gaining some awareness by reading a kid's book to the kids about, you know, getting off electronics. That makes um, sense. So, so yeah, I mean, I guess that's a little bit about, you asked a short question. I gave you a long answer of how oh, to lead good. in on. <laughs> we got plenty of time. I don't know if yeah. you do, but we got, we, it's, we got plenty of time. <laughs> so, yeah, I, I think to me, that's, you know, really what I'm about right now. That's my calling is just, um, is getting families to have smarter conversations about what devices, uh, what electronics will do. And it was really neat because the third book was one of the books I wrote clear back, uh, right around when March madness like was canceled yeah. in 2000, uh, just earlier this year. And when the NBA players, like, um, the, uh, the whole closing, as soon as I saw the NBA that was like shutting down, I was like, man, that's city to city, like the biggest thing that people like kind of tune into next to football. Right. So yeah. I was like, you know, if they're, if they're doing that, this is a big deal. This was, you know, three months in or four months into the, the ideas of this, this wasn't, um, it was the month after the Super Bowl, Right. So like that was played, but then we start seeing this, this shutdown of major sports, March madness closing down. I thought, my gosh, if, if, if this is really this big and we're closing down the, the, you know, the pastimes and then this is, this is not going away very quick. Yeah. I don't know if you guys remember March, people weren't taking it very serious. Um, but I thought, you know what, if, if, if people aren't taking it serious, that means confusion is going to occur. And, you know, churches were told soon after that, that they couldn't meet and congregate. And, and I just thought, you know what? And, and, and it wasn't even a thought, it was a feeling. It was like, you know, if parents are confused and they're going to have these discussions and kids are going to be confused and they're going to have these discussions and then there's going to be all this news, um, then there probably needs to be some way that kids can find some resiliency through this. Yeah. And I've already written books, uh, two of them at that point, I stepped out of my car and it was almost a message as clear as day. And it was a message of Dr. Seuss, this book. So <laughs> that's I, awesome. I, it, it was, it was, it was, it was, it was thrilling because I got up to my office and in under 45 minutes, I could still remember I had written the whole entire book before all the pictures were illustrated. Um, completely nursery rhymed. So that it rhymes from A to Z about COVID-19. And back then, I, I don't even think people today fully understand, like it even educates what COVID-19, a lot of people thought it was the 19th strand of COVID, right? Like, yeah, I heard uh, that but many like, times. <laughs> yeah. And it, it's, 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 uh, it's telling, but like, I think that's another reason. This is a sentinel event that our youth have now lived through. It's a sentinel event, not unlike when we went through nine 11, like yeah. this is now where their life will never be the same. Um, as a result of it. And so like one of the first lines is talking about back uh, when my parents were young, they would stay home because of a snow day. Um, and then, you know, like the kids uh, have to stay home and just want to go to recess. So they have a chance to play, you know? So the idea here is just kind of normalizing it, but also setting the kids up to see their, they've succeeded through this, but they can also see other calamities that were on the verge of in, in, in our, beliefs of timelines and stuff that kids are going to be more resilient if they have the right framework of seeing things 
initially as, oh, well, this is a crisis, and then seeing also that they have the capability of surviving those crises. So it, it, it is really with that thought that I had written this book. Oh, that's awesome. Well, that's, and, uh, that's great. And just like, I'm sorry, just um, talking about the electronics and going back to that um, piece with the whole school system from pretty much everywhere going to at least a portion of it being online, even college campuses. Um, you know, my son was supposed to graduate from my oldest was supposed to graduate from Loyola in the spring earlier this year. And they canceled everything there and finished classes online. And then my other son just started college and he got through his, you know, first, first year and, um, and then, or not even, not even through his first year and they shut down, you know, he had to move out of the dorm and, um, do everything online. So now we're putting more technology and screens in front of our kids for the sake of education, you know, and they can still get on things that they shouldn't be seeing, you know, and, I I can't remember. I think it was something on Focus on the Family um, or Family Life Today, like one of the uh, one of those shows that talks about families, and they were saying it's no longer if your child will see pornography, it's when because yeah, yeah. they have everything right at their fingertips now. Yeah. And then, yeah, I, I, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> it's, go ahead, Josh. Yeah, there was a lot there, George. You know, I relate with uh, three kids that graduated from each of their schools respectively with no ceremonies whatsoever, you know, like um, because of, you know, similar situations of my oldest was a senior, so he didn't get his graduation. My my middle uh, son went from uh, junior high to high school, you know, and my my daughter went from elementary to junior high. And and it's really interesting because um it is one of those things that, that I don't let like, and I'm so glad I didn't lead off with this where I don't let, like, I don't, I don't, I avoid the question of how much screen time somebody should be on. And I'm glad I have from the beginning because it really is darn near impossible to enforce something like that. Now I'd rather Mm -hmm. have a child that can decide what's healthy and what's not healthy because there's been smart, um, discussions and you know self-regulations and stuff like that so that when they see pornography they can look away when they when they uh have had discussions with parents about how damaging that can be like they can they can tune into their you know their soul basically to know that this is out of alignment with what you know what they know in their values and yeah and you're right yeah. like it's hard not to look at that and say Oh, the calamity of the fact that pornography is exposed to such a young mind. And then the other side of that to understand that where is the blessing in this? Well, this is pure evil. Like pornography does not serve a purpose. And I am bold about speaking about that. It does not serve a good. And it feeds a lot of the, you know, the adult industry is always going to be front running all technology because it just pushes, pushes that. And so when we have our kids that do that, I have to ask again, where is the blessing in this? And so, you know, knowing what our 
kids are up against might be the blessing. Like knowing that this is an inevitability might be that we're at least aware and we can stand at the gates of, you know, like uh, stand guard and, and be ready yeah. for those tough discussions. Yeah. And, you know, great videos about that, but it's hard to find the blessing in that except for to know that you know, it's one of the evil one's biggest devices is to, it's a possession of the body through a device. Like listen, like yeah. it, you hear that have been around for ancient since ancient times, a possession of the body through lust and through devices. You know, it's great points that you make. Yeah. And it definitely is one of those things that uh, is just as addicting as like drugs, <laughs> like for people. And yeah. so getting ahead of that for your kids and letting them know, um, hey, this is probably going to come up at some point. It might be from a friend. It might be from the internet. It might be you're on the phone. Um, I, I, I don't know if you know about it, but you probably do because your kids probably <laughs> have talked at least about it. Is TikTok, have they ever talked about that at all? They were they were watching it this, this evening when we were trying to play cards. <laughs> yeah. And so I we're, we're on TikTok, and so we make I, – like I make videos for us as, as a team and – Sometimes George is able to when we're, when we're able to sit in the same room, um, and so uh, we we I've done it and like there the guy we had on last week, which was Jay was talking about like there's pornographic things on there that he that he'll like say hey that's wrong, and then TikTok's like that's fine, and then he goes I just talked about Jesus and I'm wrong and they take off my video. He goes, it's so backwards the way like yeah. the world is, is that I'm wrong because I'm I'm saying something about God, but they're not wrong when there's male genitals. Clearly, you can see them. <laughs> like he's like that makes no sense. Yeah, it's uh, it's twisted. I think um, that's uh, such an awesome point that you make. I think to me this uh this fast pace i'd love to find out like offline i know this is a great conversational podcast but i'd love to find out how that's going by the way because it seems like um it never really had occurred to me to have uh, snippets of podcasts on a on a tiktok and i love that uh, you'll have to let me know like a little <laughs> bit more about that yeah so uh yeah for um sure. but like it's so yeah like i think i think that the idea here is is that when we are bold, like to the point that George was making though, is, is like, I think the point here is, is that we don't shy away from it because there's going to be somebody right around the corner from our good counsel with our kids, our good partnering with our kids. We normalize, um, you know, seeing the beautiful body and uh, without clothes. And, and it just, you know, like the leading into it to be, you know, there's art, and then there's smut. And this is definitely where the society that we're living in is sliding so fast in the direction of like, we're seeing, you know, and, and it impacts like I have patients today that are adults that have a completely skewed look on life because they were exposed at such an early age. You know, it's super addicting. Like you said, and they, they so, definitely uh, one, like for instance, like, cause we work with teenage girls both of us and we live with them and, and do life with them and all that and teach them life skills and help them through anxiety and depression and all this stuff. We're always helping them through, through that stuff and work through it to show them 
hey, you can overcome this stuff. But a lot of that stuff comes from the internet where they're like, hey, I have to be good. I have to look this way. Yeah. Uh, it's it's sexy to be this way. <laughs> like it's it's awesome to be this way. And and that's what everything's telling me is that uh, if I don't show cleavage, then I'm not good enough. Or if I don't give in to this boy, I'm not good enough. And like, I I George can speak for himself on this, but I like because we're not allowed to like really preach in what we do um, unless they ask questions. And so they know we go to church every Sunday and stuff like this. And like one of the girls asked me like, why are you always telling us like that we're, we're so valuable. And I'm like, because you're getting told you're not valuable (laughs) and you're not priceless and you're not worthy of good things and, and stuff like that by society. Cause they're like, well, if you're, if you're thinner, maybe that boy would like you. And I'm like, I want you to have value where you are valuable to yourself first. And then if a boy is good enough or, or if you're a boy like that, she's good enough to be with her or him and be able to be like, Hey, um, I know I'm valued. I don't have to give you anything. I don't have to go sleep with you or do things that encroach on my values or my, my core beliefs because I I think you'll like me more when you get betrayed all the time. Like you see it all the time (laughs) where, Hey, this girl gave into that boy and he totally put her half naked pictures online. And now her whole school sees it or whatever. You know what I mean? Terrible. right? Yeah. Yeah. It's, 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 it's the makings of so many problems and, um, and it only is increasing. And, and the thing is, is that when we normalize that kind of stuff, obviously there is so much where that's not really, I mean, the deception of the, the young man that would be doing something like that, it, it just looks more normalized. And so that kind of stuff, yeah. more injury is happening without the conscience. And that's just, yeah, it's a recipe for disaster. For sure. And, and to kind of circle back <laughs> to the COVID uh, book that you wrote just thinking about that is uh i heard on a, a different platform that or a podcast i can't remember which one it was called but um they were t- you're talking to them and you said that it was actually hard to get that out were your other two books like super easy to get out and that one was like obnoxious it was it was it was so actually I resorted to hiding it from Amazon in, inside of a dual book like a couple times a few times until they started to accept it so um, <laughs> things first came out they didn't know you know like they didn't want I mean I'm telling you when I was early on this book it was way early it was before like a lot of the news media and so the nice thing is is that it, it still is valid today like yeah. I just opened up the page like you were saying everything fine there's no way like I guess what I'm saying when I was when I was working within my calling listen to this page real quick because it will kind of share with you right we enjoyed plenty of screen time there's no way to deny some rules were set up that seemed too hard to comply mom showed us Khan Academy and other lessons that weren't very long as we studied we noticed her meditating to stay healthy and strong Um, so you know kind of introducing the online schooling and then Our generation seems ready for online types of schools that deliver through our devices, these educational tools. Again, like when we're taking this, uh, this book 
book and looking at it through the lens. This was in March, right? Yeah. So actually I did it. I finished it over Easter. It was, uh, I still remember it. I paid my illustrator double the amount of money that I normally pay him to, to do the illustrations because I, I wanted to get it done in a week. And the nice thing is, is I was able to accomplish that. And that was a boost for my confidence as a, as a writer and a, um, and a creator. The problem was is it took me two, like two months before like Amazon fully endorsed it and was able to give that like out to the public. So yeah. I, uh, in the meantime, it was just, you know, it, it kind of like when you think something's going to be online, you get a lot of like things it like lined up and then it doesn't go online. Yeah. with the place, you know, I'm self self publishing. Um, it, it took a little bit of momentum. And so again, I allowed it to take some momentum and I've learned from that. So now, you know, we're, we're pushing out. I, I was, uh, I was looking at it and I was like, you know what? I, even back then I thought, you know what, if we make it through the summer months and it's still around, we're going to have at least another year of this stuff. And so this year when we hit the flu season, you know, we knew back, probably in spring, this wasn't a go, this wasn't going away. Like, but you know, we really knew when it hit summertime and it was still kind of increasing. The- so now it's like, you know what? Lesson learned. I'm focusing on this book almost exclusively. And it's really because I'm giving it away for free. Um, and I think your question was, again, it was difficult to push it out. I produced five other books since, but I'm doubling back to this book because again, we have another season of this and yeah, yeah the opposition, the opposition's there because, uh, they didn't want somebody kind of putting out information was false. I think, I don't know if it was really like what we were talking about where this is good information, like that they were really perceiving. I think they just didn't want an authority, like somebody claiming they're an authority on it. Yeah. But everything that I put in today, it's still to this day, like, because there wasn't anything yeah. I was going to put in there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the masks. I, I think a lot of people that were arguing about masks for a long time, I um, I think that there's some, some, uh, some perhaps more humbled people about that today. Um, I, I never had a problem with the masks. In fact, I was actually so early at wearing the masks at work at my clinic that people looked at me strange when I first came in with one. So, <laughs> uh you know, I had a Star Wars mask. We had already done cloth masks that were like custom. And so kind of seeing what it, where it was going anyways, but more because if I was going to be somebody that infected somebody else, that infected somebody that was susceptible to die from this, yeah. then I didn't want to know that I was, you know, so I think if anything, the cover with the kids with the mask on probably two or three months ago when that was a big debate, Yeah, that was the most controversial thing but yeah so <laughs> so people did you that. did you do you cover that in the book do you cover yeah, mask so, wearing in the book uh, yeah one of the things especially with us talking on your guys' show i think that you'll appreciate is is um the masks were talked about my my mask is my expression i'm learning to smile with my eyes our patience and kindness kindness at a store shouldn't be a surprise so just kind of teaching kids that they can still show expression through their eyes because their face, their smiles, their beautiful smiles are covered now. So yeah. I did, I touched on it there. Um, I did talk about the hand sanitizing and at least six feet. It, this makes for an adjustment when a new friend I meet. So I, you know, like these, these things, um, 
you know, it may be necessary to be cautious if you have to go to the store. Kindness, patience, and considerations, I'll, I'll practice a lot more. So these, and then building community, like, um, and gratitude for things that we missed out on. So, um, and then helping out around the house. Like, it, uh, let me see the one for the community kind of building. because right in the beginning it talks about the month of March um, so I think you know the, we admire the, the heroes who helped to get us through healthcare workers store clerks and truck drivers and janitors to name a few so um, you know not taken for granted even the you know like again I think some people picked up on this early and they were grateful for like our janitors that kept our clinic open you know like yeah, that you know hopefully some people stopped, you know, looking down their nose at somebody else that works a blue collar job when they're working a white collar job like this were very important, you know, and, and to think otherwise was, was prideful. And so, um, yeah, so it was those kind of things it's just, you know, the, the kids kind of looking, looking up to like the scientists that are coming up with a vaccine or, you know, uh, and, and seeing themselves in those kind of roles in the future. And, and just kind of seeing this again, like, you know, all the healthcare workers and how they're heroes for putting themselves in the light of the fire. Like, yeah. uh, you guys included, you know, you guys work, I think what you, what I'm getting is, is you guys work residential, uh, with, with yeah. teens that are really struggling with life. And, and you guys recently have had exposures as well because yeah. of the line of fire. That you put your- so, um, yeah, I mean, you know, and, uh, just on a personal note with that, like I, um, got tested, had the rapid test done. That was negative. And then the, um, the PCR test, which is the longer test came back positive. Hmm. I I have no symptoms. One student in our house that had symptoms, you know, but what are you going to say, Jacob? We, you, we lost you for a second. (laughs) You disappeared. So you said oh. you had symptoms, or you're a student no, had I, symptoms. You did not, and then I don't know what you said. In yeah, I, I, yeah, I have not had any symptoms. I was just saying, like the the rapid test came back negative, and then the PCR test, the longer test, came back positive. But then they're saying that it could it could still show a dead virus as positive for COVID. So. Like I could have thought like a month ago when my, you know, it's allergy season and my allergies were acting up like they normally do figuring that's it. It's just allergies, but it could have been a mild case of COVID. You know, I don't know. I, I didn't have any of the, you know, I didn't have a fever or anything like that. Um, but I can't, because of the positive test, I can't interact with anybody really. So that, uh, that kind of stinks, you know, it's like <laughs> it can only do so much in my apartment here. And, um, I don't know, you know, being that I don't have any real symptoms, I don't know how contagious I am or could be, you know, cause they're saying people yeah. that are asymptomatic aren't really the super spreaders, but who knows, you know, it's so we don't know anything about this. I mean, 
Not that we don't know anything, but we're getting new, I should say, we're getting new information every day, it seems. New information, misinformation that is all confusing to begin with information that it's like, yeah, it's tough, right? <laughs> yeah. It's really. Right. And I was, you know, I was doing all the things. I was wearing the mask, washing my hands, using the hand sanitizer. It's like, okay, if all those things are supposed to help me from getting it, it didn't work, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so, yeah. And, 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 and I've been tested multiple times. We had to shut down our clinics and home, um, active duty alcoholics and, um, addicts that were, you know, I, I can't get more specific yeah. than that about my job without going a uh, public relations officer, but yeah. our public affairs officer. But the, the point is, is that, you know, these are individuals that were midway through treatment or some just starting treatment and then they were sent away because of this. And, and yeah, you're right. Like we have them ROM before coming in. In other words, they had to stay in place for 14 days and then get a negative test before coming into our facility. And it still came in where we had to close down the facility for, you know, for patients to come through. So yeah, it's like you can, you can take all the precautions and, and still not end up having that way. You know, I, I had to, I had a significant exposure and I had to stay for 14 days, uh, quarantined and never came back positive. I tested two, three times and did the antibody test and never came back positive. But the, the significance of how long I was exposed to somebody that was, was significantly sick with it, uh, without knowing, right? Like I needed to take those precautions cause I couldn't take the chance of taking it back to the clinic. Yeah. Um, right. So, yeah, definitely. Yeah. It, it's weird because it, it it seems to to evolve and change and do all sorts of things, and then it's like maybe it is still the same, and we just I might have messed up just for a second or did something different. I don't know, but yeah, definitely yeah. one of those things where it could have just been a little slip up could have been enough. Yeah, and I didn't do this in the book, and I'm glad that I didn't because there's some reason they're not talking about it. But I did talk about moms staying strong and them doing yoga and doing different things inside the house and stuff like that. Like, or yoga isn't mentioned, but there's there's a picture of a yoga pose <laughs> while they're doing exercise, right? And um, and I think that the the thing that hasn't been discussed is is being uh, immune healthy. Like that is the number one defense in my opinion for this stuff, but I don't think it can be put out. So for some reason, it, it doesn't sell good news for people to say, Hey, just stay healthy, immune wise. Like it doesn't, it's not the doom and gloom. Like what we were talking about, like yeah. they'd much rather show what they show on TikTok. Of course the news is not going to show like the positive ways to stay healthy when everything else is about how many deaths and how many cases and all this other stuff. The point is, is that, I don't know of any flu or any cold or anything like that that isn't like shortened by good immune practices. Yeah. You know? Yeah. That's true. Well, that's funny. We were um, talking about like the students in our house and what, like, okay, what is the consistencies of all these other students that they tested negative and then, you know, the student, and then me not having any symptoms, but still testing positive. And, you know, my, my daughters and my wife testing and testing all negative and trying to think, okay, what, what have we done? And one of the things was an immune positive thing. We are all, we were all consistently, um, taking, uh, the emergency 
packets, the Immune Plus um, that has, you know, the zinc and vitamin D and vitamin C in there and all the immune bo- uh, boosters. And that, and the one student that did show up that she has it, she wasn't doing mm. those things. She's like, ah, oh, I don't like the taste of it. I'm like, well, you're not doing anything else to boost your immune system and, and you need to. Yeah. <laughs> right. Um, and, and wow, then, that's not a case. <laughs> and in our house, like, uh, we have two that were in the same room that are together. And I've noticed the same thing. Like, the one person isn't as, like, clean where they wash their hands more frequently and all that. And I'm like, that's probably why. But because the rest of the house does do that, like keeps very good hypersensitive. Like I need to clean my hands. I need to wash my hands. I need to use hand sanitizer. Uh, make sure I keep my glo- or my mask up. And then when they though that that youth in particularly was with other youth would take off their mask <laughs> and and all this stuff. And I'm like, you are the problem. <laughs> like with with why this came is because you weren't doing what you're supposed to do when you're around people you shouldn't have been by. And so, uh, but yeah, yeah. It, it definitely is one of those things. And so, what other books have you have you written, Josh? Yeah. So you know, right now what I have online, um, I'm glad that you asked that because uh, what I ended up doing with the COVID book is I, I put it together with four other titles. And so they're not very long books. They're 12 to 15 pages. But the other titles, the, one of them's about a farm um, where kids really like it was inspired by my daughter thinking geek, like some uh, goats by the side of the freeway were sheep. So that's where that one was inspired by. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, another one is, is we had our devices and we would lock them up in a safe. So I bought a safe from Sam's Club one time. And I kid you not within like no more than a half an hour of locking up the kids' devices. Like they had tablets at the time and they had their phones. They had broken into the safe that was supposed to be a gun safe. Like it's supposed to be like legit, like security. So I wrote a book about kids staying up too late on their devices. Cause that's the reason why we did it. They would sneak out and get the devices. They'd be red eyed and couldn't go to school or they were super tired cause they hadn't, you know, slept at all. So there's a book about that and about not taking school for granted. And I have my, my illustrator, um, he shared some stories about like Venezuela and how kids can't even go to school right now. Like, or they couldn't before all this COVID stuff, like they couldn't afford to, right. Uh, they'd have to drop out and help their parents. And so like making sure that kids don't take school for granted for the sake of like, like staying up all night on their devices and that the education shouldn't be taken for granted. So that's the second one of the, uh, in the, in the series of the, the five spot. Um, and then I have another one about like kids not cleaning up after themselves in their rooms. They lied to parents. So mom does the thing that we've all probably wanted to do as parents and that's bag up all the stuff and, and just like take it to the trash. Like if you're not going to clean up your stuff, you're not going to value it. I'm going to take it out. So I have them actually do a yard sale and then they take some of the proceeds as well as some of their stuff to the orphanage where kids don't take nothing for granted. And so, you know, having that value built into it where they were wanting to do spend time, um, lied about what they were doing and they were playing their video games and stuff instead of cleaning up the room. And then the final one in the book series is about normalizing counseling. And so there, yeah, there's a little bit of the devices built into it where they get into fights and arguments about it. But the speaker listener um, with a totem pole like is introduced and, and mom and dad tell about like what it was like when they were first together and how things kind of started breaking up into fights. And so they went to counseling and, 
And then you kind of see the family start to come together because they're respecting each other. So that's set in Bryce Canyon, Utah. It's um, a friend of ours. Uh, they're kind of a family that, you know, they're, the, the, the brother-in-law is actually, uh, or the brother is actually the lead singer for like the, the band that plays there at Bryce Canyon. And, and so it was just one of those things that my son kind of like going through there. He loved the city. And so I just kind of built the story around Bryce Canyon. Um, we're in those Utah. Are five... I don't know if I told you that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Oh, no. So, yeah. Yeah. So we're in Tooele. So. Oh, it's... yeah. Oh, nice. <laughs> That's why when you said Bryce Canyon, I was like, I know where that is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So we were coming back through there and uh, stopped off and. And so, yeah, if you guys ever get out, it, it actually has the famous rubies in, in Bryce Canyon and it's, it's built into it and the, the sculptures and stuff. So yeah, that's awesome. it's, those are the five that are together, like all in one book. Um, and, and where can and people that, find that? Is that just on Amazon or do you have it other places? I have on Amazon.com. I have some copies that I, I'll sign and send off to some family and friends over the holidays right now. And, and you guys in Utah, I'll send out you guys a copy as well. And it might even beat the book that you ordered online, Jacob. So, <laughs> That'd be uh, awesome. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be cool. Um, yeah. So, uh, what, is, what is the title of your book? So the ser- I don't think we got that. Great question. The series is Gamer Gavin and Livestream Lives Adventures Off Their Devices. And so, again, okay. the whole is... is uh, it's not putting it on the kids, believe it or not. It's when the parents read the kids and they gain awareness like epiphanies, right? Yeah. Um, We have gamer Gavins and we have live stream lives in our house. And Olivia is my daughter's name. And my son, Brayden has accepted that he's Gavin in the books as well. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And they, they have a good time with it again. Like what we've had is trials are now triumphs and they, they, they influence the books. Like one of the exercise books was from a, my son was out there and had done a out in Utah, actually Woods Cross area. And he was doing a fundraiser for the American heart association. So the eighth title, uh, ninth title, eighth title, eighth title is about exercise. And it has a, like a plug for that challenge that he did. Right. Yeah. Um, but it's also, he was, he was doing football this year and was a little out of shape because he wasn't, he was sedentary and stuff. So, you know, my kids love it. Like they, they, um, I was doing a push up challenge, you know, and, and my son's like, Oh, you should build this into the, you know, this book, you know, and so they love, kind of, they love seeing themselves. Um, and a lot of the times, again, it's dad that's kind of making the mistakes. I feel like I, I can make fun of myself. My, my illustrator even made him look a little like me. Um, <laughs> that's funny. Yeah. It, it kind of ends up being a, a fun little, uh, yeah, kind of a fun, fun project that way. Yeah. So, do you, do you have any more up and coming books that you're, you're planning on doing or if you want to share if you're like, nah, it's a secret yeah. right now. <laughs> no, you asked that question and I'm, I'm really excited about the next one that we have coming up. Um, and it's, it's still being illustrated. And so what I did is just, I, just so you guys know, I, I get into where I know what I want to tell as a story Yeah. and I come up with like what I want to see in each scene. This is a big secret for anybody that wants to do kids books, right? And so uh, the, the next one that's coming out um, is inspired by like intolerance. It's inspired by like, we want to, uh, I want to help people understand that just because people have different beliefs, even if they call the Lord and savior um, by Allah, 
or, you know, Rabana, like different titles. It doesn't matter. Like there's not the jealousy that people think that God is a jealous God. Cause you don't, you know, the point is, is that when, when people get picked on cause they're different. And so I have different kids that are getting bullied because they're different in this book. Yeah. And, um, and it's really a book about, you know, that, that, uh, it's, it's a book about world religions. It's a book about like, um, you know, learning the, the best of, of what they have to offer and, um, and, and more tolerance. Like, so, you know, out, out in California, we have like a very diverse, uh, you know, di- diversity is huge out here. And, yeah. and it's really, for me, it's more, it's more about being loving and being, you know, a friend and an ally for somebody that might not, um, you know, might not always have an ally in all situations. Yeah. And so this, this book is, is, is exciting. Um, my illustrator is working really hard on it. It's, it's a lot more hard for him because the characters are all new yeah. for the most part. And so, you know, there's a scene in the beginning where they're playing four square and somebody has the, uh, the, um, oh, the headdress, like one of the girls has a headdress and she starts getting picked on. They kick the ball over it and, and live. Uh, you know, kind of comes up and is a hero by befriending this friend, you know, yeah. and, and there's, you know, so just kind of showing that kids can do that. And then they come home and it's usually this, this scene reappears at all times in the books. And it's, it's about parents to talk with their kids. So it's either at the dinner table, uh, cause it's a little bit of a plug. Uh, the dinners are going away, you know, like family dinners or they're, 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 um, they're sitting on the couch and they're talking and it's really eliciting from the kids most of the time when I write the rhymes, uh, so that they're, they're kind of coming up with solutions. They're kind of coming up with where they feel in their heart, you know? And and so, you know, the, the beauty is, is that I can go from where I, I believe like the story should go and I can get the images back. But then when I write, it's like hidden things. I had never had plans to write into it. Uh, I believe are inspired by the Lord for my message that I give. And, you know, the written word is really interesting. It's the only thing that doesn't de- decay over time. And so I yeah. just feel it's just a beautiful thing to kind of be um, almost like it feels sometimes like I got Dr. Seuss uh, sitting next to me telling me what, <laughs> like how to just rhyme together. <laughs> I know where I'm going to go with it, but it's, it's kind of cool that it's, it's a timeless thing and it's a legacy for my family to see and for my kids and, and grandpappy someday will be reading the books around the corner of the, you know, the, you know, and technology will look different then, but I have, you know, selfie yeah. sticks and my, my illustration was funny. He, he drew, he drew the brand new like iPhone when they had the three cameras come out. So they're legit like new technology now, but it'll be funny cause it'll probably be something like a VCR. Uh, when <laughs> my grand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that makes me laugh because I talked, I had like, a VHS box tapes that fell out and my kids are like, what are those? And I'm like, it's like a DVD, <laughs> but this one, you have to sit there and put it in a machine and ha- it goes really fast. And then it ends. And as all the cool people had like the little Corvette, you'd stick the DVD player, the, the, the VHS in and click it down and it'd shoot back and, and uh, rewind it for you. And they're like, rewind? What's that? Oh, man. Uh, I don't know. I felt like, I don't know if you've ever heard of the comedian. Uh, his name's Nate Benghazi. 
he's he's like a Christian comedian who is really clean, and uh, he's all he's talking about that 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 like for instance like hey if I went back into the past and um I went back and people were like well uh what do you you're saying you're from the future what do you know and he's like well Abraham Lincoln was gonna be the president and they're like well that already happened right and then he's like. Well, there's going to be these things that called cell phones where you could call people. What is that? Well, I don't know how that works. Well, I guess like there's going to be like, it goes to the satellite and like, well, what the heck's a satellite? Oh man. Well, I don't even know where to go with that. Like how to explain that. He goes, they're just thinking of some crazy guy. I'd have to get like a mediocre job back in yeah. history because I can't, <laughs> I can't explain how this stuff would have worked and how to do it. So I'd be worse off than I am now <laughs> if I were to go into the past and try to tell them, Hey, this is how it's going to be in the future. But yeah. Um, yeah. So you do that. Go down. Uh, Nate Benghazi, just so I can check that out. You've promoted him. Well, I'm going to be uh, listening and laughing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's got some really funny stories and, they're, they're, he's a, he's a great he's clean uh so that's why i like him is because i i try not to listen to garbage <laughs> so yeah but um yeah man uh i i appreciate you I, I thank you for being on our podcast and uh i know you listened to some of them but i'm glad you didn't finish because we put you on the spot right now the way we always do to everyone is that we usually have our guests pray us out of the podcast and so, oh, I love that. I just got God bumped. <laughs> and so, um, do you, I, I feel, do you have any more questions, George, before we wrap this up or are you good? No, but I don't, I don't see him right now. Oh, no, I'm right here. Can you guys, <laughs> I could see okay. you. I can see you now. Okay. <laughs> I, I think the way Google has uh, Uncle Google has now figured this out is, is that if you're talking, then you'll come up on the big thing. And if you don't talk, then you kind of disappear. And if you don't talk in a while, then you're like, you just end up with your first initial sitting down there. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. So, yeah, because uh, you like went into the small screen, but then like, but then you it was blacked out on my phone. So I was like, oh, wait, go. maybe I lost them. <laughs> no. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'd love to, and I, I, I'll just use the language that I use when I pray, and, and uh, you know, it's all uh, going to the divine source and, and, and that love there. So that's awesome, guys. I love what you guys do here. Yep. So go ahead, Josh. All right. Our dear kind Heavenly Father, we're thankful for the opportunity to meet together, Jacob, Josh, and George, and we're thankful for this evening, and we're thankful for being able to share thoughts and ideas about your children, uh, even the younger generation, as well as the confusion that can be caused as we, as we look at this great world and global uh, epidemic of, of technology issues, as well as some of the cautions and some of the points that we brought up is we're at this time, Heavenly Father, asking for an opportunity for us to be light to this world that we'll be able to uh, share with each person that we meet the love that you have that flows through us as we love thee first. And and please bless that we'll be able to continuously look for opportunities to be thy mouthpiece. And bless that we'll be able to meet other like-minded individuals and also help others that are struggling that can become like-minded. That those people that have hardened their hearts that don't know how much and important they are and how very valuable they are to be. That we'll be able to 
use our words and to be able to develop our gifts and talents to reach into their um, recesses and places that they've not turned to, that they'll stop looking for ways in the world to be able to be happy, that we'll be able to point them towards the help us to always step out of the way and be humble and know that we're not the way. Bless that we'll be able to speak with authority and boldness in times that we are able to testify that the are with us and please bless we'll always look to thy son to take any of our anxieties that any of our opportunities to uh, find self-pity that we'll be able to replace that with confidence knowing that you give us blessings behind any of our trials and please help us at this time that we'll be able to also look to uh, find opportunities to speak with our clients with our patients that we'll be able to point them in the direction of faith and have it in a way that's ethical within our companies that we work with and within our organizations so that it's also allowing us to stay there without any worry for harm of our positions as we support our families and bless us at this time that we'll be able to really be in the moment with our patients and our clients that we'll be able to do the things that are uh, guided by uh, the path of faith and bless that each of these, these young women, that these, great men and, and stewards are helping that they'll be able to find opportunity and they'll, they'll be able to see the light within each of them uh, grow as they, as they are able to communicate to them the great value that you have for each of these daughters of, of thee. And bless us at this time that we'll be able to be empowered by uh, each and every thought being centered on thee and, and be able to, again, always look to thee in all of our thoughts. And we ask for these things humbly in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Amen.